bad boy on. Oh, there you go. Hello. Well, uh, welcome all of our people who are here and people that are still walking in and people in the hallway. Um, my name is Gabe Perez. Uh, I'm the youth pastor here. I am not Bruce, as you can tell. I get a little bit more hair than him, um, but just by a smidge. Just by a smidge. Now you know. Um, but uh, Bruce and Jenny are actually on vacation uh, until I believe tomorrow, right? Yeah, so um, they asked me to open the service. Um, I believe, um, just for announcements, I think we have communion today, obviously. Uh, we do have a guest preacher, uh, Mr. Alan Wilk Wilkerson. There you go. I was like, I don't, you know. There you go. We'll just, we'll just say he's, he's over there. He's, he's talking today. There you go. Um, but uh, also, um, just in case you guys are curious, uh, the youth group is doing good. A uh, little kind of update. Uh, next week, so not this week, but next week we're going to have a big kind of a special event called the Youth Olympics. Um, so we're basically just going to be doing a bunch of crazy games, and we're going to have uh, two separate countries going at it, uh, which is... Oh, it was, uh, oh yeah, it was, uh, uh oh no, it was like, praise him, raise him, oh no, dang it, yeah, praise him, raise him, rockabye baby, Jamaica, which is a whole reference back to camp, so it's a whole different thing, but anyways, it's going to be a fun time, um, and we're glad that all of you guys are here, um, so I think I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to hop into some worship. Father God, we are just so grateful uh, to be here as your family, gathered together, uh, being able to just enjoy um, the warm and kind of muggy weather, Lord, uh, but we're just grateful for the moisture, uh, we're just grateful uh, to have each other and be here united under you, Jesus. Um, we are here to celebrate you, to give you praise, and also just to draw closer to you as a family. So. Uh, we just pray that you would just be glorified through our worship, uh, Lord, that we would give you all that we have in this moment and not hold any of our praise or any of our worship back as you are worthy of it all. In your mind, we pray, Jesus. Amen. Would you mind standing this morning for worship? to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is our rock and salvation. All ye who hear, now to His temple draw near. Praise Him in glad To the Lord, who are all things so wondrously reigneth, shelters the under his wings, yea, so tenderly sustaineth. Hast thou not seen how thy desires are happening, planted in what he ordained? Hallelujah. I would and defend thee. 
and mercy here daily attend thee. Under anew what the Almighty can do. breath come now and raises before him. Let the Amen sound from his people again. Gladly for I we
grateful to be this here this morning father you are great you are worthy to be praised everything that we have comes from you every perfect gift comes from above and we're thankful lord to be here to have this opportunity to just pour our hearts before you lord and to give you the worship and glory that you're due thank you god for this beautiful morning and this beautiful opportunity what a beautiful name have more stuff? Really? That's pretty good. Kids, kids dismissed at this point because he didn't tell me any of the order. He said you were doing everything up till the time the kids go. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Kids, get out of here. Go have fun. I'm a grandparent. It doesn't bother me one day. Go. Go have fun. Just don't torture the teachers. Looking back at the sound booth, what does he normally do now? <laughs> Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we come before you aware of just who you are and of how small we are in your sight. And yet, and yet you love us. So as we come here today, we thank you that you're the one who, who has sought us, who has called us, who has set us apart to you and to your, to your glory and to your work. We pray, God, for those we know and love who are, um, who are ill, some unto death for those who are getting over the small things, for those who are dealing with the big things in their lives, for those for whom life has been totally disrupted and seemingly destroyed. As hard as it is to pray it, Lord, we know that you have the answer for those situations as well. Even in the midst of our feeling lost, and alone, even in the midst of us feeling disrupted, you, you are God, holds us close. So dear Jesus, we come and pray that you would be with us today, those who need you, that you would quicken our ears to hear your word, that you would quicken our hearts to respond to your love, that you would prepare us as we come to this, your table. For we pray it all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. I got it. This is a, a weird, first for me. Um, I have never had to preach or never preached from my tablet before. I've always used um, paper. I'm old, okay? So we do that sort of thing. But I thought, you know, what the heck, we haven't done this yet, so let's play. <laughs> Our scripture this morning comes from 1 Corinthians, 12th chapter. I'm not going to read the whole thing. It is the chapter that deals with spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians. There's another passage in Romans 12 that deals with it, and then Ephesians 4 has some, some gifts. For us. But listen to the Word of God. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want to be, you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking to the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but it's the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them in all of us. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit of utterance wisdom. To another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith. To another, the gift of healing by the one Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. 
drop down to 11. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as He wills. I am sure Bruce has said this, but I will say it anyway. Paul writes letters not because he wants to, to tweet and see how everybody's doing. They're not emails. Letters were a very involved process. In fact, if you looked at... <laughs> I had a teacher do this to us. If you took the Greek language and put it all in capital letters with the run-together words, that's how a letter was written. Good luck on that one, huh? That makes, that makes a tweet look pretty, pretty good to understand. They were written for a purpose. They were written for a reason. And usually they were confronting an issue going on in the church, a problem, a sin, or encouraging a church, or introducing Timothy to someone. It was a, a reason that he wrote those letters. And so when you get to Corinthians here, um, he comes to them knowing that one of the issues they have is this table. Chapter 15, you'll see this. He knows that as they come in there that we are one humanity and that they have somehow broken that. They have forgotten that. Philippians reminds us that we are to be like-minded, having the same love, being of one spirit and one mind. We have been made alive and raised up with Christ. And we remember that when we come to this table together. But Corinth, Corinth was not... When you read about the church in Corinth, you're not talking about one group of people. This stool's a little unsafe. I said I'm not going to fall over and kill myself. And my wife will get money from that from America's Funniest Home Videos. Um, Corinth is not one church. There are house churches scattered around the city. There could have been as many as 900,000 people living in Corinth at the time of the first century. That's a lot of people. A normal house held, held 40 to 50 people if it was large in their courtyards. So you have these houses gathering in the name of Jesus. Some are Jewish houses, the Jewish Christians. There are others that are Gentile. There are those, that, particularly in the Jewish sect, that would have had a division between the men and women, and there would probably be the Gentiles that may or may not have it. Don't know. But in this group of people that were there, um, it was a tremendous economic place. Two seaports. The ability to move ships from one end to another sea, over land. What a powerful city it was. But this letter was written because one of the problems they had was a lack of unity among the fellowship there. There are quarrels about who the pastor or leader was the best. Chapter 1, the names of Paul, Apollos, Cephas, Cephas, and even Christ are being promoted it's not heretical issues at stake. It's the fact that these people like their teacher more than somebody else. Well, I'm of Cephas. Well, I'm, I'm of Christ. I'm the real Christians. I follow Jesus, you know. The rivalry and dissension was a consistent distraction to the work of the church in the city of Corinth. And so Paul confronts it. There's also a class distinction going on. When you get to the table, what was happening was this table was, was open for people to come, and the people that had money and were rich and didn't have to work or had slaves to do their job, they showed up and they ate because it was a meal as well as the Lord's Supper, and they drank, and by the time the, the slaves were able to come and partake, they were three sheets of the wind, and there was hardly any food left. And so Paul confronts him and says, look, guys, when you do this, you respect your brothers and sisters. 
You don't come and you, you don't eat at home first if you're going to have a big meal. Then come. Make sure they can, can survive too with you. Into the midst of this comes the issue of spiritual gifts. This is one of the reasons why I think it's almost central to this. Now, I want to say something about Scripture, first of all, because we've all, how many of us have heard 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter read at a wedding? I'm guilty of doing it. It has nothing to do with human love, by the way. Um, let me give you some scriptural context here. But earnestly desire the highest gifts, and it will, I will show you a more a still more excellent way. If I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. That sound familiar? That's the end of chapter 12 into chapter 13. Those divisions weren't there when Paul wrote the letter. From 13 to 14. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three, but the greatest of these is love. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Chapter 12 deals with spiritual gifts. 13 is the way in which we exercise those gifts among each other with a spirit of love. And 14 goes right back into the thing about spiritual gifts. Desire prophecy. That's not foretelling the future. That is explaining what God's Word says. <clears throat> the manifestation means to shine forth what has been given us. It's a clarity of what God has done in our lives and of how He's using us. And the purpose is that... In, in, uh, we are given in Ephesians, it tells us that we are to equip his people for works and service so that the body of Christ may be built up. The spiritual gifts are not given for our own fun and games. They are given as tools. I remember a doctor, one of the doctors at Fuller Seminary told me something, they're not toys, they're tools, remember that. There's something you use. And the division with the body of Christ brought on by different spiritual gifts led to a greater unification and mission. That's what its purpose was. A greater faithfulness to one God, one Lord, one Spirit. It grounds that diversity of the people in the unity of the Lord and Savior. Thus, it is important for us to understand that as well. Verse 11 says this, All those are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. As he wills. I don't care what gift you want, you're going to get the one that the Spirit gives you. You don't like that? Too bad. Take it up with him, not me. I have... Um, if I had had it my way in this, I would never be doing this. When I was called into the ministry, I was at a mission trip in Centro de Amparo, a little missionary orphanage in Ensenada. And the pastor's there, my, who's just passed to be with the Lord, and the leader of the thing was saying, we believe certain people here are called to, uh, to give full time to the Lord. 
I was freshman, sophomore, I was sophomore in college, I guess. And I went forward, but as I went forward, I told to myself, I don't know what you're going to do. You know, my, you know my Spanish grades. I can't go be on the mission field, and I'm not going to talk in front of people. <laughs> yeah, famous last words before God, right? Yeah. I had a church uh, when I was pastoring, uh, associate pastor in Abilene, Texas. We had a guy there. He thought he had the Bible, he had the gift of teaching. He knew he had the gift of teaching. If we needed to close the Sunday school class, we could put Bill in that class, and in three weeks they closed. He could not teach his way out of a paper sack. But pray? Oh my gosh, he could pray for you. If he would just accept that and know that that was his spiritual gifts. We, got a lot, we freed up a lot of room in that church by, by, by combining classes. Because yeah, But you know, it's one of those things that you, you need to know where your gifts lie, and that's not always easy to do. Now, the power of spiritual gifts is the fact that um, they do bring us so much together. I, I like science fiction, okay? I, I'm a science fiction nerd that way. And one of the books, one of the authors I've always liked is Robert Heinlein. And in one of his books, he has um, this one hero say this, quote, A man should be able to change a diaper, plan an invasion, butcher a hog, con a ship, design a building, write a sonnet, balance accounts, build a wall, set a bone, comfort the dying, take orders, give orders, cooperate, act alone, solve equations, analyze a new problem, pitch manure, program a computer, cook a tasty meal, fight efficiently, and die gallantly. Specialization is for insects. I used to believe that. I don't anymore. I don't. Because the Spirit of God specializes us. I do not have the gift of intercession. People, I know people that can pray for an hour, no problem. Me, five minutes, and I'm going, we should be doing something else by now. I could work. That's not my spiritual gift. We uh, did a funeral service, and Billy Ann Brown, a former member of the church in Portland here, was walking out with me afterwards after we cleaned up everything. And she says, I really love setting up for funerals and doing this sort of stuff. <laughs> I said, that's because you have the spiritual gift of helps. She said, what's that? And I said, that's the ability to come along and do whatever, what everyone else won't do but has to have done. Oh, yeah, that's what I do all the time. I said, yes, this is exactly what you do, Billy Ann. She works within her area of gifts. Key for us. And the purpose is that allows each of us to do our thing together even though we are different. There are times when external situations keep us from others. A lone Christian, you know, sitting in a prison cell somewhere, they're, they're by themselves. There's nobody else to help them in that. But they're the exceptions, not the rule. The general rule is that we are together in Christ, and we are expected to act like that in exercising our spiritual gifts. Helps, prayer, encouragement. Phil Moran, who teaches in Boise, posted a meme that said, the biggest difference between God and us is that God never thinks he's us. <laughs> My comment to him was, I was just telling him that the day. Did you hear the thunder? <laughs> yeah. 
I live in a Calvin and Hobbes world. If God would just do everything my way, it would all be better. And I'm wrong. Oh, I'm so wrong. <laughs> Two boys born a year apart were adopted out of an abusive home into separate families. They lived in nearby towns. Their schools were rivals. As adults, they both moved to Walterboro, uh, I think there's an Iowa, not knowing one another. Randy and Gary ended up working for the same small business and were partners in the same delivery truck day after day. Once they were reunited with each other, they found a half-sister and an older sister that had been divided by circumstances, but united by DNA. Their half-sister, when she discovered them, found out from a newscast and said, after all these years, here I am, 41, and now I finally found my brothers. Let me suggest to you that this table is God's offer of us to find our brothers and sisters in Christ. It is this bread and this cup that bring us together because of whose body and blood was broken and spilled for us. Come before this table in Corinthians, it talks about coming in a worthy manner. So, let me tell you what that doesn't mean. That doesn't mean you come before this table sinless. If you did, that meant we could just put all this stuff away because none of us can come to this table. What it means is that we come aware of our standing before God and others. That we come knowing that there are things that we need to handle within ourselves and, and with God. And we do that as prayer. We do that when we, when we give ourselves to Him. We do that when we pray, pray confession. It means we come here seeking His strength, not our own. This isn't a magical table. It doesn't mysteriously become the literal body and blood of Christ. It doesn't even become the symbol of the body and blood of Christ or the... Uh, the body and blood of Christ, but still bread and wine, as the Lutherans believe. Calvin believed that it was the real spiritual of Christ, spirit of Christ, was present in the offering of these communions. I'm convinced theologically he just didn't want to greet the Catholics and the Lutherans. That's just my thought on him. But the fact is that something happens when we pronounce the blessings over this bread and cup that changes us as we declare our faith in our eating and drinking. Do we have the Apostles' Creed by any chance back there? I don't know if he put it up there or not. Okay, well, hang on a sec. Bruce said all this would be set up for me. Yeah, it'll happen. I, I've been on vacation before, too. Can I ask you if you're able to stand and re see, read this as a statement of faith today? I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, 
was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into Hades. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Be seated. Before we come to this table, do we have another piece of music at this point? I, I, I knew that was coming, and I didn't want to go down here first and go, whoops, I stepped on somebody's toes. Well, they're coming forward. Let's pray. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for the gift you've given to us here in your word, for the assurance you have of your presence and of your giftingness to us. Grant us your grace, your gifts, as we seek to serve one another. And we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. That's happened. <laughs> Lord knows, I forgot. It, it's tough when you forget to take the offering. I've done that a few times too. So we'll do the institution here first. Then we'll do the song. The night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. And after supper, he blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples. This is my body broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is my blood shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink ye all of it. Because as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So we'll set these apart by prayer and thanksgiving. Following that, you're invited to come forward. There is bread and cups on both sides. There is gluten-free up here if you need it. If you need to have somebody bring back the elements to you, please just raise your hand and we'll notice those people and we'll have it brought back to you, please. Gracious and almighty God, take these elements and use them for your glory. Allow your presence to be felt and seen among us as we eat and drink our faith in this day. In Christ's name, amen.
pray and then we'll have our closing hymn. Gracious and almighty God, we thank you for here. We pray, Lord, that you would be with us, that you would guide us and lead us. Thank you for the gift of your communion, of your sacrament, and the way in which it nourishes us. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Could I ask you to stand and say the Lord's Prayer, please? I know that's something he does. <laughs> Finally remember something, huh? Our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
out of grace, mercy, and peace be yours. And may God, Father, Son, and Spirit uphold you and encourage you, make his light shine upon you, and make you instruments of his peace and mercy to the world around you. Go in that peace now. Amen. Join us down for fellowship, please.